Hello and welcome to This Week in True Crime, the more laid-back weekly series that takes a look at current and ongoing events in the true crime world. If you'd prefer to listen to this show in a podcast form, then don't worry, you can. You can find This Week in True Crime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you would usually go to listen to your podcasts. A link to the podcast version of this show can be found in the description. This week, we will be looking into the baffling disappearance of Sarah Everard, as well as a fight that broke out in a Bath and Body Works store. And finally, we will discuss the strangling of a four-year-old child by his mother. All that and more coming right up. Before we delve into this episode, I first want to say a massive thank you and a happy birthday to today's sponsor, Raid Shadow Legends. This month is Raid Shadow Legends' second birthday, and over the past two years, the game and its team have achieved some amazing and memorable moments. It has been constantly raising the bar for mobile gaming, and there has never been a better time to jump into the game and start playing today. Raid Shadow Legends brings the quality and fun of console gaming to the palm of your hands, allowing you to go head-on against other players in the PvP arena battles, joining clans with your friends, and so much more. My favourite champion at the moment is Venus, I'll put her on screen, from the Sacred Order faction, because her aura actually increases ally HP in all battles by 33% iconic, and her abilities, like Blind with Infatuation, are super powerful. As this month is Raid's second birthday, they're not holding back with their celebrations. They've got six straight weeks of anniversary events and tournaments from March 1st all the way through to the middle of April, all with insane prizes to win. They're even launching their first ever clan versus clan tournaments, so you and your friends can compete against other clans to see who comes out on top. And if that's not enough, they're also releasing the first champion in the badass and pretty kick-ass Shadowkin faction, which I'm low-key super stoked to see. Right now is the perfect time to download Raid and join the community and I'ma help you out with a huge head start. You know me, I'ma help you out. All you have to do is hit the link in the description or in the pinned comments or get your phone and scan the QR code that's on screen right now to get your free epic champion Jotun, 100,000 in silver. 50 gems and three ancient shards so you can summon incredible champions as soon as you get in game what a, what a better way to start there's no better way to start your, your adventures in raid shadow legends than having all this treasure and all of this treasure will be waiting for you right here and you gotta hurry because you only have 30 days to claim this treasure before it's too late once you're in the game find me under the name it's joshua miles and if you're fast enough you can even join my clan don't forget to click the link at the top of the description and the link in the pinned comments. Claim your treasure and I'll see you in the game. Now, back to the video. The following episode is not suitable for those under the age of 13. Viewer discretion and parental guidance is advised. The first case we will be discussing in this episode is the disappearance of Sarah Everard. 
33-year-old Sarah Everard was last seen leaving a friend's house on Leithwaite Road in Clapham, London. She had been having dinner at this friend's house and after finishing up and making her goodbyes, she left the home at about 9pm on Wednesday the 3rd of March 2021. She left through the back gates of the property and started her walk home. This walk home would normally take Sarah 50 minutes from Clapham to Brixton. And she had made this walk many, many times before and she knew where to go. It was a walk that she knew off like the back of her hands. But unfortunately, Sarah would never make it home. A CCTV image of Sarah walking past the home on that same night was handed over to the police. This image was captured on a doorbell camera. This image captures her walking alone along the A205 Poinders Road, from the junction at Cavendish Road towards Tulse Hill, which lies south of her destination in Brixton. This was the last known time that anyone has seen Sarah since that night. The image suggests that Sarah walked through Clapping Common towards her home in Brixton, but police have said it is unclear whether she ever made it to the Brixton area, let alone her home. The police have received more than 100 calls from the public since the authorities released the press statements on Monday the 8th of March 2021. The police have also gone door to door to over 750 homes in the area where Sarah was last seen, hoping that someone would have more information. Unfortunately, this has not yet yielded any results. It's still early days. A camera from Carter Mills estate agents in Brixton has a clear view of both sides of the busy road leading to Sarah's home. And the police have stated that this camera shows no signs of Sarah between 9.30pm and 10.30pm, which is when police believed she would have nearly been home from her walk. Several women have also come forward since Sarah's disappearance and stated that they had been followed, attacked and sexually assaulted in the areas where Sarah was known to have been walking on her way back home. These women were all separate accounts, they didn't know each other, and all their incidents occurred late at night when it was dark. Since her disappearance, there has been an abundance of support for her family and the search for Sarah online, with many friends of Sarah's and her family reaching out and posting on social media. Sarah's uncle has spoken out, stating that he just wants anyone who could be holding her hostage to be human and release her. He also added that her phone is not ringing and the WhatsApp messages the family have sent have not been received. At 11am on Monday the 8th of March 2021, five days after Sarah was last seen, a hat was found in a bush on Clapham Common by a passerby. To the public, this seems like a major breakthrough in the case. It was yesterday that that hat was found as of me filming this and I got a notification on my phone from the BBC News and I was really excited that maybe there would be DNA evidence or they'd be able to find something but the Metropolitan Police have since announced that they did not believe that it was linked to the case, that this hat was not related. Police are calling out to anyone who could possibly have any information that could help in this case to come forward. They are especially keen for anyone who has CCTV or dash cams from the area to check their footage and see if Sarah can be seen. Sarah was last seen wearing a green rain jacket, navy blue trousers with a white diamond pattern, and turquoise and orange trainers. She is also thought to have been wearing green earphones and a white beanie hat, as well as a patterned face mask. I've left the contact information and the missing persons poster 
uh, in the description and it should also be on the screen right now. I know a lot of my audience is American, but for us Brits, if you live in that area or you know someone who lives in that area, please reach out to them and see if they have CCTV. It's quite common for people to have these video doorbells now and just see, you know, just there's no harm in asking. Even that one piece of information can really help break a case and I really, really hope that Sarah is found safe and well. So as I was editing this video and actually right after I finished filming this video last night, uh, I got a breaking news notification to say that a Met police officer has been arrested in connection to Sarah's case. So let's look at the BBC News article right now. I've got it up here. Um, and let's just see what it says. So a Metropolitan Police officer has been arrested over the disappearance of Sarah in South London in a serious and significant development. The man was arrested in Kent on Tuesday. Police said he had been off duty when she went missing, but added that the fact he was a serving officer was shocking and deeply disturbing. A woman has also been held on suspicion of assisting an offender. My heart really goes out to Sarah's family at this time. There's no mention of her well-being, um, and this must be a really, really, really difficult time for them. Um, and the fact that they've arrested this this police officer can only indicate that they have substantial evidence to warrant the arrest. As more information about this comes out, we will be talking about it in uh, this week on True Crime. So stay tuned for that. And um, I really, really sincerely hope that she is found safe and well. The second case that we'll be looking into today is a fight that took place in a Bath and Body Works store in Scottsdale, Arizona. Of course, it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. Two unidentified women were charged on Saturday the 6th of March 2021 after getting into a disagreement that saw staff and members of the general public becoming involved. Allegedly, this argument started because a woman and her mother-in-law cut in front of another woman and her stroller with her baby in while waiting in the line for the checkout. While the fight began over a place in the line, the exchange became more heated after the woman and her mother-in-law got too close to the other woman and her child. Of course, there's a panoramic going on, there's a Panda Express, mm -hmm. so it's completely understandable that you don't want someone getting close to you. I mean, even without there being a situation happening, you don't, it's not nice of someone to be that close to you, and especially with your child. I completely understand her not wanting them to come close. The mother with her child didn't want the other women to come too close and told them to back up. The women exchanged insults that included shouts of, quote, trailer park trash, 
before a bag was thrown by one woman, which missed its intended target, which was the mother of the child, and instead hit an employee of the store in the face. While trying to break up the argument, multiple members of staff were hit, and one had her mask pulled down and hair pulled out of the hair tie. The Bath and Body Works employees told police that the mother with the child tried repeatedly to keep her distance, that the other women kept approaching her. Now, obviously, the store was filled with onlookers who were shouting over the fights, and it was as a result of all this noise that an off-duty police officer arrived at the store. When he came to see what all the commotion was about, he found people still arguing and pointing fingers at one another, trying to pin the blame. The women, though, continued to argue, and so the officer pulled the woman and her mother-in-law away from the scene and took them to the security office. The original video of the fights was posted on social media and hit 8.5 million views as of 6pm on Sunday the 7th of March 2021. Some people really, really, really need to learn what the definition of personal space is and just chill out, dude. Just wait in the queue. It's not, you're not, you're gonna get served. It's not that deep. Damn, calm down. The last case we'll be discussing is the case of a woman from Connecticut who has been charged with killing her four-year-old son and leaving his body in their apartment. On Sunday the 3rd of March 2021, at approximately 6.27am, police were called to report of a female damaging a parked vehicle with a bat wrapped in barbed wire. The woman who had damaged the vehicle had already left the scene before the police arrived, and so the police contacted the vehicle's owner to try and figure out what the hell had happened. While talking to the owner of the vehicle, a woman then approached the officers and asked them to, quote, take her away. After getting her to explain what she meant, she told them that she had strangled her four-year-old son, David, in her apartment. This woman was 33-year-old Tiffany Farito. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. The police immediately went to the apartment and entered to check on the child. Unfortunately, they found David unconscious and unresponsive. The officers attempted CPR on David before he was transported to the hospital. Unfortunately and devastatingly, David was pronounced dead shortly after arriving at the hospital. Tiffany was initially arrested for two counts of criminal mischief in the third degree, due to her vandalism of the car, but these charges would turn out to be much lighter charges compared to what was about to be brought against her for her son's death. After David was pronounced dead, Tiffany was then charged with murder and risk of injury to a minor. In court on Monday the 8th of March 2021,
The bail commissioner told the courts of the, quote, serious mental health issues Tiffany was dealing with, which were corroborated by her attorney. Tiffany's mother believed that her daughter had snapped and that she would, quote, never have hurt him if she was in her right mind. The Connecticut Department of Children and Families released a statement saying that Tiffany had recently asked for help and that she had actually reported that she thought someone had hurt her son. A memorial was placed outside the apartment building where Tiffany and David lived, in memory of David. Tiffany appeared in court through a computer link, dressed in a hospital gown, as she had been placed on suicide watch and was under medical observation. She had been given a $2 million bail and was ordered to have a mental health evaluation to determine whether she is able to stand trial. If the reports are to be believed, and she had reported that she thought someone had hurt her son and they had done nothing about it, then that's clearly yet another failure within the system providing support for those dealing with, um, I mean, they didn't know it at the time, but severe mental issues. They, you would have at least thought that they would have sent someone to do a welfare check or something, but no, it's a failure that once again has ended in utter tragedy. And this story brings us to the end of this episode of This Week in True Crime. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on true crime videos just like this one. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My handles are it's Joshua Miles. I'm also on TikTok with Joshua Miles TikTok, so you can follow me there if you want. Uh, I am. I know I haven't posted a main main curious case episode for two weeks, um, but there will be one coming this Sunday. Um, I've been working on it and trying to piece it all together. It's been a bit complex. Um, uh, to kind of form a accurate storyline because there's lots of sources that say one thing but then there's just trying to validate and uh, ensure that we have the most correct information has been a bit difficult this one uh, but that will be coming on Sunday so keep your eyes peeled for that it should be quite a big video and with all that being said I'll see you in the next case. If you or someone you know has been affected by issues covered in our programming, including this episode, then please use the link in the description for information, advice, and support. This episode was researched by Katie Eaton, script reviewed by yours truly, Joshua Miles, um, further information clarification researched by yours truly, Joshua Miles, edited and produced by Elitless SKLTD in partnership with Waves. <laughs>